Axel Katz sidesteps two tacklers and finds his way into the end zone. This is BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM from BetQL. Welcome back to BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM. Ed Egros, Aaron Hawksworth with you. And joining us now is my former co-host on 106.7 The Fan. You can hear him now on 981 to 4 Eastern. Follow him on X, Russell Mania 621. It's Chris Russell, a.k.a. The Rooster. Man, it is so good to have you on the show. For a while, our shows were on at the same time, and I've been wanting to have you on, Chris, and now you're one to four, so it works out perfect. It does work out good. It's great to see you, Hawk. And, Ed, nice to uh, be on with you as well, and uh, thanks for having me, guys. Uh, and uh, sorry about, uh, again, all the sun in my office here. I guess, <laughs> I guess the sun is shining bright not only on me but also the Washington Commanders organization, which is something we haven't been able to say for a quarter freaking century. So, Yeah, let's talk about that. So the Commanders will play the Eagles at FedEx Field Monday night. From a betting perspective, this is interesting because we all know about John Harbaugh's winning streak. He says it's mm-hmm. kind of like a no-hitter, like nobody talks about it until after the game. Right. Is this, I know it's just preseason and nobody's really trying to win, but has this narrative caught on? Like, Have you asked the commanders about it? Because I'm sure they would love to be the team to knock Harbaugh and the Ravens off of this streak. Yeah, I, I mean, listen, I, I don't think, the players care one bit, one iota about winning and losing, even in the preseason. Uh, I, I know that's the top mission, of course, during the regular season. And you'd like to win more than lose, but I, I really don't think they care. However, because it's a streak that, you know, is certainly going to get played up on Monday night football, right? Um, you know, and because it's in front of your own home fans or m- most of your own home fans, and it's also the debut game at home at FedEx Field of the new ownership, right? I think Mm -hmm. there's a little more juice, a little bit more juice for the Washington Commanders in this particular game than any other preseason game that, you know, we've seen come down the the, the pike for any team and certainly for them. So I would say, I would guess they're going to be a little bit more fired up, maybe a little bit more into the game, um, in terms of trying to win, because you don't want the Ravens to walk out. You know, and Aaron, you, you know this from, from living in this area for a long time. The Ravens have taken over a good part of the commander's fan base, especially in Southern Maryland. So I don't know if that means a lot to the players, but there's a little bit of motivation to knock off Big Brother, if that makes sense. Oh, and by the way, you might as well, if you can, on ESPN, on Monday Night Football, you might as well look good doing it and try and rip apart whatever that streak means, which doesn't mean, again, a whole lot. But, I mean, it is a streak and it is notable, so you might as well try and knock it off. Chris, it's a pleasure to get to talk to you. I'm curious why Sam Howell has not been named the official starting quarterback for week one. Why do you suppose that is? Yeah, good to talk to you too, Ed. Uh, Because Ron Rivera is just trying to play poker. That's it. I mean, it'll happen whether it happens tomorrow, whether it happens Saturday. You know, we're not scheduled to talk to him again until after practice uh, tomorrow and Saturday in Ashburn, Virginia, and then the game on Monday night. Whether it happens before the game, after the game, it'll happen. There has been no 
and let me repeat, no legitimate competition, no matter what Ron Rivera says. You know, it's funny, um, you know, from a local perspective, and, you know, Ron's a good guy. Um, Ron sticks his foot in his mouth about a lot of things, right, about the Eric the Enemy thing and the players coming to him, uh, about the quarterback thing compared to the NFC East last year and on mid-October, uh, about the n- not knowing that they were eliminated from the playoffs thing on January 1st against the Cleveland Browns, just three recent huge oh, examples. Yeah. But he's very good and he's very coy about protecting, you know, game plan type stuff, uh, preseason playing rotation, that type of thing. And I think all along he's just wanted to, like, not have it be so obvious. Here's the problem. And this goes back to a week after the regular season ended when he leaked this to Jonathan Jones of CBSSports.com that Sam Howell was QB1. You can't announce on January 15th that somebody's QB1, and then even though they signed Jacoby Brissett and subsequently hired Enemy, a new offensive coordinator and head coach, assistant head coach, I should say, you can't do that and then have a legitimate quarterback competition or say that it's a legitimate quarterback competition, yet Ron found a way to constantly say, no, 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 guys, it's, it's, it's a legitimate competition. No, it's not. They have to split reps. They have to get, like, some equal reps. Brissett's gotten a couple of one reps here and there, but he has been the number two since the minute he walked in, and Sam Howell has been the number one. There is no debate. There is no competition. There never has been one. Ron for whatever reason, keeps talking about a quarterback competition, yet in four training camps and four seasons now, or, or three-plus seasons, he has never had one lick of competition at the quarterback spot, period, despite constantly repeating that mantra, and he never has had it, ever. Wow. I think we can all agree, as you said, Ron Rivera is a good guy. But in terms of mm-hmm. a head coach, how long is his leash? Do you get the sense that he feels like he's on the hot seat? Where, you know, what's your assessment of that situation? Listen, we all work in an unstable environment, right? I mean, you know, radio, media, what have you. We all know that, you know, we're one change of a boss, one budget, one whatever away. So in the NFL, Of course, it's not maybe as unstable because the money is different, but it's unstable in terms of the pressure and the expectation to succeed. And when you're three plus years into a tenure and when you have new ownership that you, of course, you're on the hot seat. If Ron apparently didn't know that his team could be eliminated from the playoffs last January 1st. So nothing should be considered obvious, obvious, but he's made mention, he's referenced knowing that they have to win this year. And here's the thing, Ron, Ron and the commanders, what football team, walruses, whatever you want to name them, they haven't, they haven't been bad under Ron Rivera. They just haven't been good enough. They've been remarkably Mm -hmm. mediocre. That's what they've been. They've been competitive, but they've been remarkably mediocre in terms of wins and losses, and, in ter- and that's three-plus years now. So he knows he's got to win. Now, here's one thing that I think people have kind of forgotten about. They assume because Josh Harrison, you know, his group just took over a week before training camp that Ron is safe for this year. I would say no, especially with a killer grind coming up after Arizona, which is as much of a layup as you can get in the NFL in week one. At Denver, Sean Payton, Russell Wilson, who knows how good they're going to be, but that's 
tough road game. It's a good defense. Week three, Josh Allen and the Bills back at FedEx. Week four, Jalen Hurts and the Eagles on the road. Week five, Justin Fields and the Bears Thursday night football. So a quick turnaround, but at home. If they go one and four, going into that extended bye before week six at Atlanta, I think there's a chance, a chance that Ron could lose his job right then and there. Completely agree with you. Yeah, that's a market to look at. I completely agree with you that Ron Rivera's status is, shall we say, tenuous. In large part, too, because look at the assistant coaches he has as well. You've got Eric Bieniemy, you've got Jack Del Rio. Washington wouldn't be making that kind of investment if they didn't feel like that they had a team that could at least contend for a playoff spot. And I'm curious because there's been so much PR back and forth pertaining to the reputation of Eric mm-hmm. Bieniemy. Exactly how well or how poorly has he been received? Honestly, what do the players think of their new offensive coordinator? So um, the players that I've all talked to, um, you know, at, at various parts throughout the offseason have all said, yep, he's a yeller. Yep, he's tough. Yep, he's demanding. But nobody privately or, or, or publicly has come out and said, uh, I don't want to play for this guy. Uh, I hate him. Uh, he's too mean. Uh, he's, you know, he's, he's, he's this, he's that. Like, they, they all understand, especially the ones that know him, and there are a couple of guys on this roster that know him from their time in Kansas City. Andrew Wiley, starting right tackle, was brought over in free agency. Marcus Kemp, who's like a fifth receiver, sixth receiver, special teams ace. Those guys know him because they were with him in Kansas City. And they all understand that Eric Bieniemy treats Terry McLaurin the same way as he might treat Marcus Kemp, you know, the number one receiver to the number six receiver. And that's one thing that I've also observed, guys, in person. He has barked and yelled at Terry McLaurin several times and right in front of us, right in front of the media, right in – I mean, he doesn't seem to – kind of pick and choose who he yells at and who he demands more from. Um, and I think when you get that, and I believe that is the true Eric Bieniemy, players, it, they, it might take them some time to adjust. It might take them time to see it and to recognize it. But I think eventually most, if not all, get it. And that's what happened in Kansas City, right? There was, you know, there was talk at various times that he and Mahomes weren't on the same page. He and Kelsey, you know, weren't on the same page. And then all of those guys, I mean, my gosh, Tyreek Hill, uh, Mahomes, uh, Tyreek Hill wasn't even with them last year, but Tyreek Hill just, you know, when this controversy came out said, look, Eric Bieniemy is a great coach. All he does is care about getting you better. That's it. And that's what I've seen. And that's the people that I've talked to. Again, if you're so thin-skinned and so sensitive that you can't take any level of criticism or any level of somebody barking at you, that's on you, man. That's on you. This is the NFL. Wake up. It's not a spoiled society anymore once you walk in that door. Amen. I couldn't agree more. Let's talk about something positive. Who has impressed you, whether um, it's someone we could look at from a season-long player prop perspective or just game to game? Mm-hmm. Uh, what has stood out to you so far that you've seen uh, in training camp? Yeah, Hawk, I'll, I'll, I'll take the running backs on this. Uh, I think Brian Robinson is going to surprise a lot of people from not only a rushing yard perspective. I mean, remember, he got shot twice in the leg last year, missed the first four games, took him a couple of games to get the oil running through the engine. And I know his numbers 
you know, to fantasy players and maybe over-unders and betters uh, in, in, in the different markets weren't as impressive. But when you watch him in games, when you watch him, especially in games, you see him dragging people left and right. You see him uh, getting yards after contact. So I would always bet maybe, uh, you know, depending on what the the over-unders are established at uh, per game, per year, what have you, on a guy like Brian Robinson. And, I, guys, I'm telling you, I think he's going to be a way, 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 way more involved receiver this year uh, than he was certainly ah, last year and then the book it. on him at Alabama. So if you can get a really good number in a market on receptions, on yards, on receiving yards, receiving touchdowns, I would absolutely hammer that on Brian Robinson Jr., um, they've been using him not just as a checkdown guy, but as a guy running seam routes and running down the field. Brian Robinson is one of those guys. Antonio Gibson is going to be more of a third down back. I would definitely look for a market, receiving catches, what have you, receiving yards, that type of thing. Um, not as a not as a a pure runner. I, I think as long as Robinson and then the other name is Chris Rodriguez Jr., sixth round pick out of Kentucky. I think he's going to be used as a physical downhill running back um, who can break tackles and who can give this team the opportunity to kind of preserve Brian Robinson and use him in a little bit more of that hybrid role. So all three of those guys, I think, are guys that fans and betters should keep an eye on. And then from a I'll just give you one more from a receiving perspective. One guy that you might want to keep your eyes on is Cole Turner, second-year tight end, uh, because Logan Thomas, he's great. He's a good dude. He's always hurt. Uh, and, and, and Cole Turner, John Bates, the other tight end, can't catch. Cole Turner can, and he's six seven, and he's got athleticism, and he's just – I mean, he's fun, he's healthy. He wasn't last year in his rookie year. That's another guy, whatever the props are, whatever the market is, I would go over on a guy like Cole Turner. Got about 60 seconds left here. So when it comes to where the commanders will finish in the vaunted NFC East, where do you have them? Um. I actually think they're going to be better than the New York Giants this year. And I know that's probably crazy because the Giants want a playoff game, but I actually think Howell is going to be a pretty good fit at quarterback. I think their offensive line is shaky, but I think everything else is really good. Their secondary is dramatically improved. I think they're going to be a team that surprises some people this year. I'm talking about nine 10 wins. I think they had an opportunity to do that last year and squandered it, quite honestly blew it. And I think they're better prepared for it this year in a lot of different ways. So I think they're going to be better than the Giants, probably not as good as the Eagles and the Cowboys, but I think they'll give the Cowboys a run for second place in the NFC East. Woo, love it. Huh. Okay, okay. And you still have the Eagles <laughs> winning the division again. I do, I do. I do. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I'm not a big believer in the Cowboys' offense, um, so maybe that's kind of hurting me a little bit in terms of that perception. But I, I, I do think the Commanders are going to be better on both sides of the football this year. Remember, they're secondary guys. Mm -hmm. They drafted Emmanuel Forbes and Quan Martin, first two picks. Forbes has looked amazing, amazing so far. And they're going to create a lot more takeaways to help them win more games. Chris Russell, 980 out in D.C. Thank you so much for your time. We greatly appreciate it. This is BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM. Coming up next, which...